If you've been a regular listener of this podcast, you would know that I talk a lot about the mindset aspect of selling. And the guest for today is here to share three profound mindset shifts that can empower you to serve more clients without really selling to them. So let's dig in. Fall in love with selling as you acquire the right mindset, selling style and sales process that helps you take your business solution to more prospects, potential clients and the world at large. If you are a women entrepreneur who is looking to get more sales, scale and sustainability in your business, you have reached the right place. I'm Roshni Baronia. Your host for the show is The Sales, which is all about helping you bring your authentic and influential self to each sales conversation. Hey, Ruben, I'm extremely delighted to have you on the show. Welcome to the show. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Roshni. Please tell us a little bit about yourself, Ruben, and what you do. Well, gosh, it's probably a long story longer than we have time for. But the short answer is these days, I created a CRM for uh, consultants who love serving clients but hate selling because that's what I was. And the irony was that I was actually doing sales and marketing consulting for the Fortune 500 while hating doing sales and marketing for my own firm. And I realized eventually that that's because I had absorbed a lot of damaging, incorrect myths about what sales and marketing entailed. And that's why I was hating it and that it's not necessary and that I wasn't the only one in that place and that maybe I could use some of my experiences and my technological background to help other folks. Right. Awesome. That sounds so exciting because when I was doing uh, my research about you before calling you on to the show, I was just so intrigued by the entire story that you have shared, your backstory about how you hated selling and yet did all the wrong things when you started out as an independent consultant. So can you dig a little bit deeper into what exactly were the mistakes you were making and how did you realize that they were in the mistakes in the first place? Because I believe all the sales guru out there teach a lot and probably as first time adopters of it, we tend to follow the steps into it. But then how did you realize that they are not something which is um, befitting you? Sure. And I think it obviously depends on exactly what advice you're following. But for me, when I started out, the salespeople were the ones who had made crazy promises to the client that I was then responsible for helping to fulfill in the software. And so I didn't necessarily have a very high opinion of sales. Mm -hmm. And when I had to do it myself, I thought, well, gosh, I know it's important. Let me go read a bunch of books about selling, take trainings, follow those gurus, as you say. And as since I was working with these big companies, often interacting with their VPs of sales and their sales reps, I absorbed a lot of that culture. And I think there's a difference in what works for a company that might have a 10,000 person sales team and what works when you are out there selling your own business, your own reputation. You can't churn through half of your people every two years and let people who can survive float to the surface and everyone else goes away, right? When it's you, you've got to make sure that you're going to be around and also that you believe in what you're doing. And so eventually what I realized is, wait a second, this is my company. I can decide how I want to do things. I don't have to impersonate what I think a sales rep is to sell. And I noticed also that sometimes I had meetings where I kind of forgot myself. I forgot I was in a sales meeting. I was just discussing a problem with a client, one professional to another. We would have a great time. They would be really excited to work with us. And then if I accidentally remembered that I was in a quote unquote sales meeting and then I would start 
kind of acting all awkward and trying to think about checklists and all those things I had read in my books, then everything went off the rails. And yes. so finally I decided, well, why don't I just stop selling? Let me just help people because that's really what I enjoy doing anyway and what seemed to go well with the clients. And if I do a good job of helping people buy when they need to, then I don't have to sell anymore. Okay. Uh, that's an interesting observation. So what were the aspects that you let go of like one thing you mentioned that uh, you really had to nail down into bringing this shift that I'm not selling I'm just here to help them and solve their problem were there any other elements that you had to like flip over and not do according to the rule book well first of all I think most good salespeople would tell you that that's what selling is I was just misinterpreting some of the advice and I think some of the the way large sales teams treat their sales reps they say that but what they really care about is, did you make your numbers? And so right. that was sort of the, the attitude that I had absorbed by being around and consulting with some of these very successful organizations. So I don't necessarily want to blame the advice. I think it's just easy to take it the wrong way. And I think the other thing that's hard for folks starting out a business is that most of this sales advice, the books, the trainings, the gurus, they are targeted at these big sales teams because those are the ones who pay big bucks for training. They pay big bucks for CRM tools. They pay big bucks, right? So so much of what we think about as quote unquote selling is really selling for this particular part of the market that's very different than what you're doing as an entrepreneur. And I think most entrepreneurs are starting a company not just because they want to make money, of course they want to make a living, but because they want to do something better than the way it's done before. And I think if we allow ourselves to pursue that mission and we define things authentically so that the right people come talk to us, the people who are interested in that mission, who are interested in that better way of doing things as well, then we end up having these very natural conversations that don't feel a lot like selling. We're just ha trying to help people. Where where we go wrong is if we just say, okay, I've got to go make quota. I'm going to call 100 people and try to convince 10 of them to buy no matter what. The first thing I did was say, I'm going to stop selling. I'm going to just start helping. And that was such mm -hmm. a relief to me emotionally. And it was so beneficial for my business as well, because that's what people wanted, right? It's like, if you go to the doctor, you don't want to go to the doctor that you feel like is trying to convince you to buy the most expensive surgery before they've even and figured out what you actually have. Right? right. You want to go to the doctor who's taking care of you, who's diagnosing you and who you trust to make you feel better. So right. why can't we run our business the same way? There's no reason we can't. And then the next step was, okay, well, how do I have more good conversations with people? And instead of marketing and talking about how great we are and our methodologies and this and that and all this other narcissistic stuff that I had been doing, not because I wanted to be more narcissistic, I was just sort of copying what I saw out there. Let's just start teaching our ideal prospects how to solve their problem. Almost like we're trying to put ourselves out of business, just being helpful, just giving value. And again, that's something that instead of sounding like a bunch of BS, it comes naturally when you're trying to pursue that mission. So it's a lot easier for you to do marketing and it's received much better by your audience. And it then leads to more of those conversations where you don't have to sell so much, you just make it easy for people to buy. And then a big part of, I think, any consulting business is quote unquote networking. Mm -hmm. And this was something I always hated. I'm an introvert. I didn't like it. It's just it felt so sleazy. And then eventually I realized that that's because I was doing networking all wrong, right? I was following the basic advice for the networking books. And instead, what I realized is I don't want to network. I just want to connect with people because mm -hmm. even though I'm introverted and I don't necessarily like being at a giant 10,000 person conference, I still like hearing people's stories. I still like learning what makes them tick and what they're working on and what goes on. And, and so just having good conversations with people, that's something that I can do. And lo and behold, having a few good conversations leads to better results than going out there 
together and trying to network really hard and gather leads and all that other stuff. So those were the three big shifts that I made from selling to helping, from marketing to teaching, and from networking to connecting. Awesome. Awesome. Actually, that is such an important piece that you have highlighted, the big difference between how big organizations approach selling and how as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, you have to approach selling. While there, it is all about numbers and chasing the big targets. Here, it is more about... identifying who you are, what resonates with you and how you are communicating with your client just from the perspective of helping them, adding value to them, teaching them and connecting with them. Right. And I think a lot of us, I know I did, we got intimidated because like, well, I don't know how to do sales. Right. And so let me try to imitate the people who are really good at sales when really what people want is a doctor who can help them. And the person who's the expert, the person who actually knows what they're doing, the person who can actually help can actually totally outsell the professional salespeople who know all the techniques and tactics and fancy closes and all that stuff, but who don't actually understand the details and don't actually care as much about the customer. Absolutely. I think most of us are guilty of that, following the rule books and then eventually just messing up things because uh, not everything aligns with who we are and how we approach our particular business. And uh, that's why when you are saying that you have to be like a doctor and understand actually the symptoms, what are they saying? what is the actual problem and then suggest whether they want to go in for a surgery or they will be cured by medication only. <laughs> right. That's right. Awesome. Awesome. So Ruben, also talk to us a little bit about your CRM because um, I believe your CRM is specifically for solo consultants. So please tell us a little bit about that, how it is different from the regular CRMs available out there. Sure. And uh, I guess I never intended to create a CRM. In fact, I told my customers again and again when they asked me to make what I was working on a full CRM, that the world didn't need another CRM and that it would be crazy for me to make one. And it took me a while to realize that as usual, my customers were right. And we actually did need another CRM for this tribe of people. And I know from years of struggling as a solo consultant or running a very small boutique firm, trying to use Salesforce, trying to use HubSpot, trying to use some of these other tools that by the way, are fantastic tools in the right environments, but they were so overwhelming for me. And at the same time, they lacked a lot of things that I really needed. So I actually started off this whole thing by wanting to automate proposals because I just wanted to know if and when prospects were reading my proposals. I wasn't right. even thinking of it as a sales tool. It was just like, I need to have people ready or not. And I, if they haven't even read the proposal, I know we're not going to start the project when they said we were going to. And I would schedule a meeting before I would even commit to the proposal, but half the time that would get rescheduled. And then I would be leaving those voicemails like, hey, just wondering if you got my proposal. And right. it was so frustrating. And so I thought, well, if I put the proposals in the cloud, I can automate a whole bunch of stuff. And most importantly, I can know if people are reading them. And I remember the first time I got a notification from my system and I called the prospect up and he said, Hey, I'm so glad you called. I was just reading your proposal. Wow. And at this point awesome. I had actually, yeah, I was like, this is great. My proposal writing, writing had gotten a lot better because I started off copying what everyone else was doing on proposals, which is terrible. And by the way, if you want a free proposal template, you can get a fill in the blank proposal template on my website. It's the same one I use, really makes things easier. So I was following this template and he said, I want to work with you. This is great. We just need to clarify a few things. And we discussed 
changed a handful of words. And he said, send me a new version when you get the chance. And I said, well, if you go back and look, I've made those changes. And he said, oh, that's really cool. I didn't have e-signature then. He just clicked a button that said, I accept. And I thought, this is a great experience. We spent five minutes to do five minutes of work instead of a month of back and forth. And we can get to the project, which is what we both actually care about. And so then I started realizing some other people were intrigued. Like, can I have this too? I want to automate my proposals. And then they asked me if there was some way they could get more leads in the front of the funnel because it took care of the end of their funnel. They couldn't believe how easy it was once they got to that stage to create a proposal quickly. It looks really professional. They can e-sign it and so on. And I never intended to do anything about this myself except do some research because I'm you know, more technical, I guess. So I investigated dozens of different products and I realized that there's lots of things out there for e-commerce if you just need an email and then you automate and drip sequence people. Or if you have a big sales team that's just calling people all the time, you can just send them a PDF or something and people call and the law of large numbers takes over. But if you're selling by yourself and you're spending most of your time with clients and you only need a handful of leads to really change your business, but each lead could be really valuable and you need to have a conversation with them. I thought, gosh, you know, I have this technology that lets me create content, share it online and tell you when someone's reading it. Let's make it so it's not just for proposals, but also for lead magnets. And let's do some interesting things on the front end so that we get more conversions from visitors to leads. And then most critically from leads to conversations. And so then you had people getting leads off their website. People saying, this is amazing. I've never got leads off my website before. And then they would run them through their Salesforce or their spreadsheet or whatever. And then and they would use Mimarin to do the proposal piece at the end. They kept saying, why can't we just have Mimarin do the CRM in the middle? I hate my big clunky CRM. I like right. using Mimarin. It's simple. Make it do the whole thing, please. And I was like, no, 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 no. And then finally, I got so frustrated because I was trying different CRMs and trying to do things like, let me track referrals and how much business we get from them. Mm -hmm. Right? It seems like a really basic question. And you can obviously customize Salesforce to do anything you want, but it's like, why do I have to pay someone to come customize it to answer this really basic question? Or why doesn't it automatically set the next conversation date for my prospect. So in case I forget or I get logged out or whatever, and I forget to set that next conversation field and it just falls off my plate, why can't the system remember that for me? And then why can't it make it really easy for me just to call some... I, I want something that would say, Ruben, right now your job is to call Roshni, click here to call her, take your notes, hit save. And then it would put the next person in front of me. Because what I realized was I would have this big list of people that I knew I needed to talk to. And I would spend half my time staring at the list and very little time actually talking to people. And right. I had gotten smart enough at this point to ask like, hey, am I the only one who has this problem? And it turns out, no, this is a very common problem. So introduce this thing called call mode that just says, okay, you're now calling prospects or you're calling your partners or your past clients, whatever it is. And you just press that button. It takes you to the first one and you have the conversation, you hit save, it takes you to the next one. So all you have to do is talk to people and connect with people instead of trying to think about, you know, who should I be calling next? And so a lot of people were really excited about this. They're like, yeah, 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 I buy, totally buy in. And then I would talk to them at the end of the week because I'd have my thing to call people who were trying the software. Oh, yeah, it was a really good idea, but I didn't get around to it this week. So put in things like, okay, you can now integrate it with your calendar so you can block off time every week to make these calls and you can connect with other users of the system because a big challenge that these solo folks have, especially if they don't like selling to begin with is it's easy to kind of hide behind technology. Like, well, I'm going to send a newsletter instead of picking up the phone. Yes. And so, right. I was, I've been guilty of that myself, but yes. now I can see I'm connect with other people and I can see, oh, Matt's ahead of me. Cheryl's ahead of me. So-and-so's ahead of me this week. I have to have more conversation. Yes. So and we can be solo, but we can, doesn't necessarily mean we have to be alone. 
The unsexy secret of growing sales is that not everyone is great at strategic planning. But did you know that you are 42% more likely to achieve your income goals if you have a system that motivates, tracks and improves your progress on a daily basis. The personal sales planner is that very intuitive and holistic sales planning tool which can help you break down your lofty income goals into manageable milestones and doable daily actions. And guess what? You have to spend just 10 minutes with it every single day. So grab your sales planner from bit.ly slash psp-37. The link is given in show notes. It is the only tool you will ever need to do your sales planning. So grab your link from the show notes. It is bit.ly slash psp-37. Allow me to just uh, plug in here uh, in between because this is a very important piece that you have highlighted that many entrepreneurs try to hide behind all the marketing uh, gamut of things that I am sending newsletters and emailers. I am doing social posts yes. and connecting people uh, on uh, DMs, but uh, actually nothing beats directly calling up people. And if you are not scheduling a particular time for that on your calendar, you are missing out on opportunities. So that's a very important piece that you have highlighted. Thank you. It's so, and I've been guilty of it too, right? And it's so easy with all these tools and distractions in front of us to feel like we're busy and feel like we're actively growing our business when we're just kind of pushing pixels and, and bits around. And people are like, well, you know, I'll do that once I get my website up, my Facebook up, my whatever, my LinkedIn. And there's this endless stream of digital tasks that are important, but you already know people who can help you with your business. They may or may not be prospects, but they may know prospects. They may know someone who knows someone. Right. And a lot of us go to so much trouble to try to get new leads when we haven't even had real conversations with the people that yes. we already know. Yes. I think uh, people don't have a lead generation problem. They have a lead conversion problem because they are not actually talking to people that much. They are just trying to get more people interested, but they are not focusing on how they are converting them into paying clients. That's absolutely right. And I think for most of us in this service-oriented line of work, it's based on are you having enough conversations with the right, right. people. And right. as you say, we have all these tools, the emails, the social media, and so on. And I think they're all great, but we have to think of them as a means. They are a means to get people to a conversation. They do not replace the conversation. And we need to start with, we all know enough people that right. probably don't even know what you're doing in your business yet. And you're like, but I sent everyone an email newsletter. And that, yes. you know, even if somebody actually read it, they don't remember it. They remember when you have the conversation and you tell the story and you help them. And, and that's how we forge genuine human connection. True, true. So true. I'm so glad that you mentioned all those points because uh, right from the point of uh, focusing on the who are like maybe you don't need so many leads to work upon you just need a few you are an independent consultant you just need few conversations few people to work with and you can manage yourself manage your business by just having those minimum number of conversations as well, well that's right it's so much better yes. to have a handful of conversations with the right people than tons of conversations where you're swimming upstream as it were trying to convince someone to buy who doesn't really want to buy and that's actually the last piece of the software that's really different there's a whole positioning wizard in there that helps you really nail your target client and mm -hmm. how you serve them and how you're different, even asks you what your superhero name is and, and your superhero origin story. Because a lot of people say, I'm a consultant or I'm a coach or I'm a web developer or whatever. And then there's so many other people who have the exact same description. It's very hard for the prospect to decide, I want to work with you. And instead, what we want to figure out is how do we get really specific? So even if you're small, even if you're solo, you are like the Google or the top 
Tata or the whatever of your market that is the obvious choice for that set of people. And as you say, you don't need a million clients, right? Right. You might need 10 or 20 or three. So get the three that are going to be the most awesome to work with, who are going to pay you well, value what you do, inspire you to do great work versus trying to go have, you know, 0.1% of a million people, most of whom you don't have a good fit for. Right. Absolutely. So well said. So I will definitely recommend all the listeners to go check out the CRM. Mimirin, right? That's right. Mention the link in the show notes as well. And uh, lastly, Ruben, would you like to share some of the best non-sleazy closing techniques that you have learned along your way? Because you've done so much of work, some of the non-sleazy closing techniques that you have adopted at best practices. Well, it's funny because in this bookshelf behind me, there's Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of sales books that I've read. (laughs) And they all have closing techniques. And what I decided when I was going to stop selling is I was pretty serious about that. And so I don't want to sell anybody. I don't close anybody. I like to help. And I like to think of it as instead of I'm closing the deal, I'm opening the relationship. And so what I found is if I make it easy for the right people to buy, there are times when you have gone to buy something, you Roshni, or if you're listening right now, and you just could not wait to hand over your money because you were so excited. Right. Whether you were buying clothes or something for your business or whatever it was, you were just, this was an important thing for you to get where you wanted to go. And what we sometimes lose sight of, if we're too focused on ourselves and on quote unquote closing the deal, we're so busy trying to ring up the cash register, as it were, that we're forgetting what the person's really trying to do. And that's when they get resistant because they feel like all you're trying to do is is close. Right. And it's natural for them to be like, well, wait a second. And that makes it harder. But if you're really focused on getting them where they want to go, they will pull you through the close. They cannot wait to sign the deal and pay you the money and get the results that they came to you for. So that's my non-sleazy quote unquote closing technique is to not close at all, but to open the relationship by focusing on where the client is trying to get to. Awesome. Awesome. That That's a great way to put it. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, thank you for uh, having this conversation conversation with us, Ruben. It was extremely helpful and I'm sure people will have lots and lots of takeaways from this conversation of us. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode. I'm sure you were able to find some key learnings and takeaways from today's episode, which will help you grow your business to the next level. And if that's the case, make sure that you share this episode with two of your business buddies because you never know that they might also find some insight which will help them in their business. Knowledge, after all, grows by sharing it further, right? So do share it with two of your business buddies. Also, if you like Ace the Sales podcast, consider sharing five-star review and rating on Apple iTunes because that will help us take the podcast to many more women just like yourself who are looking to find sales success in their business. Also, it will mean the world to us, especially myself and my team who are putting loads of efforts to bring this podcast to you. And lastly, remember to connect with me on Instagram at Roshni underscore Baronia because I would love to know more about you, your business and what is it that you need help with when it comes to selling. So connect with me on Instagram, leave a review and share the podcast with two of your business buddies. I will meet you next Thursday. Stay tuned and stay safe and happy selling.